Hi, everybody, again. Um, To my friends and my family that are, I'm hoping, here. Um, River's definitely here because River is a narcissist. I'm a narcissist, baby. (gasps) This is actually the the coming out episode. (laughs) This is... I know we had, like, a whole bunch of introduced topics for part two, but it's actually just going to be a however many minute long roast of um, (laughs) my narcissistic tendencies as an individual. Stinker wants the peach soup Stinker, do you want some gazpacho? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can have just a little bit. So, uh, for the people that are here, hello... Um, thanks for being here. This is the corn maze version of, uh, narcissistic behavior in men with River and Jenna. Um, I am the aforementioned Jenna. Uh, I'm a therapist and a person and I hang out here and in most spaces talking about mental health and therapy and social issues and all things related because it's all I want to talk about. I find it very, very interesting. So that's why I'm here and I'm here with the aforementioned River. Um, River, I am not a licensed therapist. I am Jenna's friend. True. And we do talk about therapy adjacent shit just so often. Uh, so as as such, I do f- I feel I feel singularly qualified to uh to, to talk on this subject. Maybe even more so than a licensed. <laughs> But, like, uh, not really, obviously. Um, and also, um, with with all of the therapy conversations Jenna and I have, a lot of them have uh, specifically revolved around the narcissistic men in our lives, mm-hmm. both past and present. So, mm-hmm. it's a, mm-hmm. it was an easy... We're, we're rolling right in. Yeah. And... <laughs> I was thinking... As you're talking, do we only talk about therapy adjacent things? Because I'm a narcissist and I can't relate to things that don't relate to me. I mean, in my field, we were talking about this shit like back free therapy on like the lawn. On the lawn. On the, lawn. <laughs> uh, the lawn. And um, obviously, like you were still, you were already in college at that point, but like. It wasn't as, like, central of a pillar yeah. quite yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to what it is now. Okay. Also, I just... I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm pretty much just on team. There's no way Jenna's, like, a true narcissist, so uh, it's easy for me to find <laughs> workarounds for that. But I also really like talking about it, so, like, what would that say about me, you know? Mm. As someone who goes to therapy, am I just talking about therapy things because I want to feel like I'm smart and like I'm taking in shit when I talk to my therapist dude valid did I ever tell you the time that I went to my therapist and I was like because I needed to get an ROI for one of my therapists for my other therapist sure and in that ROI my diagnosis was going to be disclosed and I just didn't ever know my diagnosis because I just like I know I'm getting treated for something sure don't know what it is. And oh, I've I, never asked. No. Yeah. And I had, I was like, this is going to be information. And I remember asking my therapist, like, I got to be real with you. I'm super fucking horrified that what's going to be in that release is that I 
have narcissistic personality disorder. And she like laughed at me and she was like, it's definitely not that. And then she was like, it's this, 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 and this. And I was like, (laughs) oh, that's better than the one thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You could have stopped at the first part of the sandwich, which could have been just... No, it's not that. It's not that. You didn't have... You didn't have to... (laughs) Dude, honestly, sometimes I just think about, like, texting my psych out of the blue. And being like, what's in my chart? Hey, girl, um, what do you... What do I have? (laughs) Just tell me what I have. Because as of right now, I, like, I I know the things that I know, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, easy stuff, like, PTSD and and all that. Like, the, the little bitties. But... Other th- otherwise, I just I pull my diagnoses off of uh, what the internet says my meds are supposed to treat. No, 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 no. <laughs> that actually a little like plug here. Yeah. Another friend of mine is coming over this weekend to record pod the the next or the depending on how I release things. One of the beginning podcast episodes on like the evolution of mental health diagnoses mm-hmm. and how we get them and then like. Like, for example, I was diagnosed with anxiety, and then I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and then I, like, this thing of, like, maybe we can, like, nick some of those beginning ones and not have this list, and also, like, is it fair to us? So, like, that, like, anyway, a little mm-hmm. a little plug. We're gonna talk about that later. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Um, okay, so narcissistic behavior in men. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple things. Like, first of all, let's just start there. What, I think there's like a social thing that's very damaging where narcissism as a term is very, um, kind of like used loosely, I guess. Yeah. Where like anytime somebody exhibits abusive behavior, shitty behavior, especially men, if there's just like a shithead, mm-hmm. it's very easy and it's become very like acceptable and commonplace to say narcissism, mm-hmm. which I think is damaging for like a lot of reasons. It's like the term like gaslight, where like gaslighting is a thing. Sure. But it's like just being tossed around like a salad uh and that's not it's not yeah yeah it's very like i think the most obvious way that it's damaging i think there's like a list of things like first of all then it becomes so like the weight of it goes away right like Mm -hmm. the like oh he's a narcissist and so is everybody else who's ever hurt your feelings so when you it's like almost like, the impact of it kind of, it diminishes yeah. with that. Yeah, and yeah. then, like, the second part of that is, like, if I call everybody who's ever hurt my feelings or everybody who's ever been abusive or everybody who's ever been shitty to me a narcissist, how will I ever heal from, like, true narcissistic wounds? Like, mm-hmm. they have to be, we have to kind of, like, define our wounds and define, like, in order to heal from them. And if I'm just, like, oh, all these people who have ever yelled at me are narcissists, that is way bigger than, like, okay, somebody who actually exhibited, like, this, this, and this narcissistic behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I think the, like, another obvious way that it's, like, harmful is, like, it becomes very easy to use in an argument as, like, a card. And, like, 
that's damaging for all parties too because there's no true healing but like it becomes if if I'm fighting with somebody Mm -hmm. and they say you're a narcissist that will shut me up real quick and also like because I or you're acting like a narcissist right now and like I'm like what does that mean do you know what that means Mm -hmm. but then let's like call back to (laughs) do you even know what that word means do you even know what that word means because like so let's talk about are you like is it cool if I bug you about that one yeah um thinking back to it do you think that that word was used correctly in context or like maybe not in that specific fight but like has it but in general yeah um so interestingly enough and I I think too uh (laughs) the if I remember right what I wrote in the next little paragraph of that journal entry was something along the lines of, um, I'm pretty sure both of these bitches are narcissists, LMAO. And and <laughs> at the point in my life now that I'm at uh, with, like, my understanding of the world around me and, like, you know, having more general context for things and also with the place that my parents are at right now, which is that they, uh, you know, it's been a decade. They're divorced. Woo! They're both... Um, not addressing the things that they need to. Woo! Um, Can I put the lid on the case? Oh, yeah, put the lid on the case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I honestly, like, while I do think my dad exhibits more severe and, like, prevalent narcissistic tendencies, um, my mom is definitely not innocent or not uh what's the word she's not she's she's also guilty of doing it yeah for sure um so like between the two of them he's definitely the trophy winner but like she's still getting a participation award like it's plastic and it it could be broken uh, with a strong wind but like absolutely she's got her little it's got a little ribbon on it and everything Mm, that's cute um yeah um and like that that sounds so like I don't know. I guess, like, the reason I ask is because I think I've been guilty of, prior to really, like, defining narcissistic behavior and finding out what that means for me and in my relationships, I definitely have been guilty of, like, hearing the word, knowing that it's, like, a buzzword. Yeah. And saying, you're acting like a narcissist right now. Oh, yeah. And then later on having to be like, oh, fuck, but when he actually does say something narcissistic or act like a narcissist, how am I going to be like, well, actually... This is the real narcissism. Like, yeah. how do you differentiate between, like... It's like, every time a man yells at me, I can't say it's abusive. Because it's not. Like, mm-hmm. is it shitty? Yeah. Absolutely. Is it okay to do? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it toxic? Yes. Is it abusive? No. No, right? Sometimes, for sure. But sure. yeah, it's not... And that is, like, a really a tricksy line to draw. Um, and I think especially, like, it's dope as hell that we're at a point in the timeline where, mm-hmm. like, we are being, like, as a society, uh, a lot more willing to, like, call people out for shit. And, you know, terminology like gaslighting and narcissism and fucking, uh, you know, whatever else... Uh, are, like, more easily accessible and, like, knowable by people. It's cool, but it does, like, tend to lead to that misuse of words and kind of, like, it muddies the waters a little Uh bit where 
when those words get tossed around and you like there's so much information that's coming to you at once (laughs) i realized also that the queso the squeakiest lid for queso ever in the world is right next to the mic like i said can i put the lid on the queso and then sat here while you talked about your narcissistic parents i went I like it. I think it's it's really it's adding um, a sense of drama. That's what I was gonna say. It's like your drama podcast that like yeah. Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> Jenna was asking me earlier how how podcasts start, and I was telling her that I listen to a lot of podcasts, but they're <laughs> mostly like audio dramas. Which, if you've never dabbled. I'm begging you. I'm mm-hmm. begging. I want everyone to listen to at least one audio we drama to, podcast. To one while we painted the bathroom of this house, you and I. Yeah, we did. That was like a good. I almost forgot. Yeah. Memory. Yeah. Yeah, like that gave that gives me a sense of like. I liked that. Yeah. I think that I lit. Okay. I'll take that. I listen to a lot yeah. of podcasts that are like just like so like productive and that's because i'm a workaholic and i if i'm not doing something productive i lose my shit yeah i think it would be beneficial for me to engage in Listen to fun just fun yeah it's productive in that um taking care of yourself is part of work don't even i gotta write this down for a podcast <laughs> <laughs> um why listening to audio drama podcasts is essential to anyone's <laughs> mental health maybe that's my instagram post yeah. um so, in this, like, experience, right, like, or just, like, in general, I also, like, oh, I had this big, beautiful thought, bro. Um, <laughs> fucking galaxy brain over here was working it. What was my thought, Classic. though? Jenna, galaxy brain. Um, just, like, okay. So talking through, like, the social phenomena, I guess, of, like, it's this, like, really amazing thing that, yeah, like, we're we're more aware of mental health stuff. We're, I think, getting better at calling shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really great. And then, like, labeling things as narcissistic, again, like, takes away the impact of it. But also, like... Forget about it. <laughs> I don't remember. It'll it'll come back to you. Uh-huh. A thought that big and beautiful doesn't disappear forever. Thank you. Yeah. Um, anyway, the drama. You were talking about the drama. The drama. And then I told you about... <laughs> <laughs> what was the drama? <laughs> so, um, this, like, social idea of... Um, Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, there's also, I think what also happens when we're labeling so many things as narcissist and narcissism, especially like narcissism, narcissism has so much to do with the ego, right? Mm -hmm. And I want people to have an ego, right? Like, I want you to like yourself. I want you to like that you like things. I want, you know what I like? And, like, it becomes very dangerous, I think, when we're like, oh, narcissists have a big ego because then anybody who ever says, like, I like myself today 
can very quickly become, oh shit, am I being narcissistic in that? Yeah. Like, how many times have you and I, like, texted and I've been like, um, Riv, this might be narcissistic of me to say, or Jenna, this might be narcissistic of me to say, and then say something totally, completely just, like, healthy self-esteem. Yeah, just, like, a nice thing to say about yourself. Yeah. And, like, obviously sometimes the wording is exaggerated, but ultimately it's never, like, um, I truly, honestly believe that I haven't done anything wrong. (laughs) Ever. And I really think that. Truly. Like, we make that joke a lot, yeah. but that's never been, like, a, a like an actual mindset. Yes, like an yeah. actual, like... And I think that both of us have, you know, again, like, we've gotten to a point of, like, we both... Maybe that's the, like, difference is, like, I think you and I are pretty good at saying out loud what we're insecure about, what we don't like about ourselves, mm-hmm. what we... Like, the truth of our wrongdoings. And while I think, like people who struggle with narcissism know those things i think it is like literally and again like this is not a clinical judgment this is just like me having thoughts right now it feels like life or death to come clean about like i made a mistake or like i did something wrong right like it feels like oh i cannot be a wrong person and like again like i think that's like a large difference where like when we say like (laughs) when we say this might be narcissistic of me to say and then say something we also know there is this underlying like okay but really truly i do know that i'm not god's greatest gift i do know and i'm willing to admit and willing to talk through but in this moment i'm gonna say like i'm actually I'm like, like perfect um <laughs> but yeah like i think that like when narcissism isn't defined it's dangerous for all of those reasons where, like, people who aren't narcissists start thinking, like, oh, shit, am I a narcissist? And then there's this thing of, like, oh, my God, if you're a narcissist, there's bad no... guy. Like, that's it. You're a bad guy. And, yeah. like, it's, like, psychopathy where, like, there are people who are diagnosed as psychopaths that mm-hmm. are not bad people. Yeah. And... There are lots of people who are diagnosed as psychopaths who are serial killers, right? People. Like, yeah. And that, like, but, like, narcissism is the current for, like, maybe the past five years, like, bad person trait. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that it's been in a lot of situations so clearly defined, right? Like, this is an indicator of narcissism versus just bad behavior. Absolutely, yeah. Um, other than, like, narcissand, which is... <laughs> hate that that's becoming a thing um and the breadcrumbs what other like narcissistic behaviors can you like think of off the top of your head i'm trying to think through there's this book um i'm not sponsored um by beverly engel that sounds i feel like i might have that book it's the emotionally abused woman. Oh, you oh, gave it to oh, me. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, I did. Yeah. Uh huh. I, I was just like, don't why know does that name sound so? That's familiar. her name, right? I'm gonna yeah. Google it so I make sure I'm not. Um, Probably. It's honestly, uh, it's titled "The Emotionally Abused Women," and I do recommend it, and like oftentimes buy a whole ass copy of it for um, my emotionally abused femme presenting. Um, it's very AFAB. good ladies in any in any sort of capacity but like i also just recommend it to people in general who have experienced emotional abuse or are struggling with like recognizing whether or not they've experienced emotional abuse or kind of breaking it down without the help of a therapist i don't know it's just really it's a great guidebook uh the 
like topics she covers in it are just so like it's such a breath of fresh air to like have someone speak on all this shit that you experience and you think like wow i hate this and maybe i'm the only person who's ever lived like this mm-hmm. um like most relatable mental health media someone just saying the things that you needed to hear but it's good it's very good yes yeah. and it is beverly angle um and i i think that that was maybe that was when i was like oh shit these specific behaviors are the narcissism behaviors um yeah no that was it was definitely a big like that was like reading through that for the first time was like a a big step in me act like understanding what it really meant yeah for someone to like be narcissistic yeah um in like a general way like in like a real way not Mm -hmm. just like a you know, oh, he thinks that he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what do you think, other than narcissist sandwiches and, I mean, obviously, like, grandiosity, right? Like, an inflated sense of self. Uh, inflated sense of self, thinking that they're, like, unique in, like, a big way, which also becomes, like hard because like we're all unique yeah we're all special but like yeah i think when like narcissism like in narcissism like true narcissism it's this idea that like i can do no wrong or like bad things don't happen to me or yeah like that's what i think of first i guess is like i just think about like the narcissistic partners in my life saying like you can't leave me like i'm the best you'll ever get i'm yeah. just so this, that, and the other. I did this for you. Like, no sense of, like... Even, like, I think that most of the narcissists in my history have said, told me about their exes, and it's just, like, this thing of, like, oh, my God, you have seven exes, and somehow they all... You did no wrong in any of those relationships, and they all were all wrong in all of those relationships. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, like... (laughs) I think that to a degree we all say that right like oh yeah all of but like I remember very specifically like thinking like oh my god all of your exes not only were these gigantic moments for you Mm -hmm. but also they all sucked they all sucked like capital S sucked and you were amazing capital A like Mm -hmm. you were a perfect partner there's no accountability Mm -mm. and like you weren't like not even there's no accountability but you were like like you were this movie version of like a partner where it was like oh my god you mean seven times in your life you have gone that out of your way to be that perfect the best of a, guy like the ever ever mm-hmm. wowza and now we're here and you're not the best guy ever which tells me that i don't deserve better question mark because yeah, you've been better before somehow. right like how does that make me how is that meant to make me feel mm-hmm that, like, you're telling me that you've been amazing to all seven partners before me and they loved you so much, but they were shitty to you. And now you're not, even though you didn't deserve them to be shitty to you. Because I remember, like, the one we're discussing. Mm-hmm. I wish we're, we'll come up with a moniker um, for all of these people. I just, yeah. if only Douglas was more of a narcissist, yeah. that could be the one we talk about. Cause it's a good, um, but I mean, like, Douglas definitely is. It's just oh, in yeah. way more of a pitiful and annoying way than the rest of them. So he always definitely talks about. Oh my god, De- most definitely. Um, but like my my capital N narcissist, 
I think about, like, literally, like, the the narrative was, like, oh, I had all these partners. They were awful to me. I was amazing to them. Um, honestly, I should have been more awful to them because they did not deserve me being as amazing as I was. And then wasn't amazing to me, was pretty awful to me. And I think the, like, narrative that was written for me was, like, okay, so if... Jesus, this cat is obsessed with the peach soup, bro. He wants the peach soup. I mean, I'm eating it. <laughs> um, Stinker. Oh my god, who loves it? Um, <laughs> His little face. Um, like that. What the messaging I received was. I should have been more awful to my partners because they were awful, and now I'm awful to you, which tells you that Jenna, you're awful. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, you're amazing to the awful ones, and now you're awful to me. Well, it couldn't be because I am amazing. It must be because I deserve this awful treatment. Yeah. That was, like, I don't know what to even, like, call that. Like, I guess it's just, like, so manipulative, and it's so... And it's a it's a particular type of manipulation that, like is not only really effective at making you doubt yourself and rely more on them, because if you are this awful person, then who else is going to give you even a tenth of what this person is giving mm-hmm. you? Even if what they're giving you is like a hundredth of what any normal human being would give another. Mm-hmm. Um, it also continues to paint them in a really flattering light. Yes. And it's like yes, best case scenario as far as what your interpretation of their past relationships could be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a really evil... WWE Smackdown combo. <laughs> it really, like, yeah, like, again, like, I think one of the most powerful indicators of, like, narcissism for me has been the push-pull. Yeah. The, like, this hella confusing, like, oh, you loved them, and you were amazing to them, but they were awful, and that's the push, but now you're awful to me, even though, and it's just confusing, and there's, like, the pull, mm-hmm. right? And, like, this, again, like, a very particular type of manipulation where, like, they get to be painted in this beautiful light and they get to also, like, take you down in a way that doesn't make them seem like they're taking you down. Yeah, 100%. Like, and you don't even realize. Like, ob- again, like you said, like, zoomed out, you're like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But really, truly, like... When you're that close to the picture, all you're seeing is, like, shades of blue and green and brown... Mm-hmm. And then you zoom out, and it's, like, a pile of shit that you're standing in, but you couldn't have known you were too zoomed in. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I love... Is that a metaphor or a simile? Yeah. Which one is it? What? A metaphor or, or a simile? simile? Yeah. Similes are the ones that say like or as. So simile. Right? Because I've been saying... Like or at, like or wait, whatever. It's like you're zoomed in too much. Uh, it's irrelevant. I love comparing things to other things. Metaphors okay. and similes alike. I like, I, like, I use metaphor, simile, and analogy. Constantly. Like, pretty interchangeably. I know they're all different. But I think. ultimately... <laughs> ultimately, they're all the same. Words are not real anyway. They're made up. So you don't even have to use the right ones in the right context. Uh, um, as long as, like, the general meaning is conveyed, it doesn't matter. True. Don't be a jerk about it. That's, that's, a, that's narcissistic <laughs> That's the next big thing. That's if you micromanage people's vocabulary... Narcissist. Narcissist. Um, well, I think, like, there's also, I think about, like, when people s- say, oh, he's a narcissist, the next 
often the next thing is he needs so much attention. He needs so much praise. Mm-hmm. And, like, in my experience, it's, again, like, a push-pull of, like, the very quintessential, like, yes, it's very clear that they live off of that praise, mm-hmm. but they pretend, pretend like it makes them, like, weirdly uncomfortable. Yeah, it seems more for me that, like, for every individual they interact with, they want to leave a good impression and or get praise by them, Mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily seek out, like, groups of people to shower them with affection. Yeah. It's not as, like, uh, like, general as, like, attention-seeking. It's, like, I need every individual I interact with to think that I'm awesome, but also think that I'm humble, which I think is part of where the feigned discomfort comes from. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, the good... And when I say good narcissist, I mean the narcissist that did a good job of being narcissist. (laughs) Um, The Matthews and the whippersnappers. (laughs) That's good. Um, They did it in a way that was like, oh my god, you guys... No, really, truly, like, don't, <laughs> thank you so much, but, like, really, oh my gosh, you're making me blush. Look, like, it's just, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just all right, okay, I'm not, like, the coolest. Uh-huh, exactly, and, like, the Douglases, like, the more pitiful, like, the ones that are narcissists but aren't as talented, mm-hmm. Douglas, um, my high school boyfriend, doesn't have the brain power to find a podcast, so it's mm-hmm. fine, um, <laughs> like, those ones do it I think it's a little bit more insidious but easier to get out of quicker where they they in my experience and I don't know if Douglas did this but my version of Douglas was very like don't compliment me like mean about it like I don't like when you compliment me you don't have to ooh, you're just you're just I'm not fishing for compliments and it in the moment I remember being like I'm gonna soften him He's so hardened from his past. He can't even handle a compliment. Yeah. I'm going to make him kind to himself so I can be kind to him. And then pretty quickly, way quicker than I was with whippersnappers, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm being yelled at for being nice to my partner. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's a... Yeah, and it's nice that, like... You get to that realization quicker, but it's also, like, just that much more annoying. It's like this brooding narcissism that's, Yeah, like, like, no, like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want you to tell me how good I am. I just, I don't even think I'm that good. I'm, oh, my I'm, God. I'm so far from being as good as, as I could be one day, and, and I hope that I am, and I want so much for myself, but I, I don't always know. talk about this concept of, like, where they say that, mm-hmm. and it's so... Like, I've talked about it with lots of people um, in relationships with people. They're like, okay. And then he says something along those lines of, like, you should just leave me. I wish I was better. But the fact is, if he were, if he said, like, no, 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 don't compliment me. I'm not as good as you say I am. And you said, you know what? You're right. You're actually kind of shitty sometimes. Oh, my God. Implosion. Implosion. You lose it. Like, there's no way that, like, you know that, like in the it's fishing right Mm -hmm. like because if you were like yeah you're right i you're not as great as i make you out to be yeah which is probably true um 
then the answer is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Why would How you say something, you say like, something that? like that? Which, I mean, this is the door you opened. I'm just playing your game back at you, bitch. <laughs> um... Something I was thinking of in 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 the vein of like uh, other uh, like commonly or co- common common like key behaviors of a narcissist, um, and it's something that I observed like over time watching my dad kind of like go through different phases in his life and also just the difference between seeing him as a teen with a partial view of the situation and then as a young adult with a clearer view of the situation and then a slightly less young adult now uh, where I have the clearest view of the situation so far and I remember you know last few years living at home I really uh, felt that him being labeled as a narcissist was not fair. I did not agree with that at all. Um, you know, every time it came up, because that was it was like a consistent, uh, like Dig. thrown insult, like unt- like for the rest of my time at that home. Yeah. Um, every time I heard it, I I'm, I felt more and more like this just just like not it. Like mm-hmm. girl, turn around, look in a mirror. And then as I got older and and kind of, like, understood their relationship dynamic a little bit more and, like, learned more about my dad outside of the initial impression I had of, like, who he was and and how he was, how he, like, was as a parent and how he was as a husband, um, I started to think that, you know, okay, I could, I could see a little bit how he might be labeled as... A narcissist, mm-hmm. but like I still don't really think that that's all that he is. And the place I'm at now, obviously, as I was saying earlier, I feel like he could take home a gold medal in it. Um, <laughs> and something that I think he like the 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 biggest one of the biggest indicators for his particular breed of it, as far as I can um, tell, well, not even as far as I can tell. It's not the phrase I wanted to use, but um, <laughs> in my opinion, one of his biggest indicators is. Just that he, in every situation, um, is correct. Like, he, uh, you know, your mom and I are in a fight and it's because she's acting crazy. Um, I, Mm. some things are happening at my job and it's because my job is so dumb and stupid. Um, And I, you know, I understand that, like, human nature, it's not always really comfortable to admit when you've done something wrong or... To, like, hold yourself as accountable as you, like, you know, you're in a situation that sucks and as much as you're saying, oh, this other person did something wrong, it doesn't always feel easy to say, and I probably could have done this better and sure. this better. Um, but it, it feels good, ultimately, as a person who's trying to not exhibit those narcissistic tendencies to say something like that when you know it's the reality. Yeah. Um, but when you come across someone who, like, in every single scenario, whether it's romantic, interpersonal, um, work life, family, all of that, when no matter what, they're not the guy. They're not the guy. Um, That's, like... It just, like, yeah. Yeah, like, that's such a, like, yes. I, I think that 
I think for, like, we talked about a little bit earlier today, like, for most of us, yeah, it's uncomfortable to, to have uncomfortable situations. Work, family, romance, friends, whatever. Like, it's hard to be called out. It's hard to know that you've done something wrong. It's hard to be told you've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. And, like, I won't lie and say that there's not times where, when I am called out, it's easiest and most comfortable to say, like, well, but you did this, this, this. And, like, absolve myself, right? Absolutely. And, like you said, but when it's, like, a pattern of, like, every single... There is there is no wrongdoing. There is no acknowledgement of wrongdoing. There is no... Even in their most, like, vulnerable state, there is no, like, oh, and it takes two to tango, right? Like, we're, like, yeah, like, if I really wanted to... Like, I can think of, like, a list of mistakes I've made. And if I really wanted to, if I wanted to do that kind of work... I could probably absolve myself from all of them and find wrongdoing in the other person and say like, well, yeah, I was, I did this, but I did it because blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And also that other person could do the same for me. Like there, I can also think through wrong things that people have done wrong to me and say, okay, but like I had a part in this part of that or like, but I like there, here's here's my own like mistake making and like you said like I think with like narcissism it's this thing of like oh my goodness like you might say a feigned like a surface level like I'm sorry I hurt you or whatever Mm -hmm. or like what like another major narcissist in my life has historically done is said like I think I really fucked your your life up. Like, oh, I think I really I really hurt you. But never ever ended it there. Never ever said I really hurt you. There's always a but. Yeah. And there's always a like absolving themselves. It's mm-hmm. always I hurt you, but I really do think I've I've done a lot since then or I hurt you, but you know, I was really... I, I did the best I could. I did the best I that could. That comes up so often, and it drives me cuckoo bananas, man. Like, okay. I believe you. I'm I'm sure that it was, at least in your opinion at the time. I'm not calling that into question. No. Um, I didn't even bring up how bad of a job you did. But if you're going to bring it up, you could at least do me the favor mm-hmm. of being straightforward and admitting that, like, you fucked up. Yep. It's irrelevant how good of a job you did or how hard it was on you. Sure. I'm sorry. I don't care. I know that. That's not news to mm-hmm. me. What would be news is an actual, like, just no t- no strings attached apology mm-hmm. and admittance of the shit you did wrong. Yes, exactly. I don't want caveats. That's, that's or like, platitude. It's just... Just say that like, you, like, you messed up. Yeah. Like, well, I'm like, I would almost rather, like, hear from somebody, like, I'm sorry... I'm realizing now that the reason I acted that way is because X, Y, and Z. Because, like, for me, because I like to understand therapeutically, like, oh, I act like a dickhead because I'm, I went through this when I was whatever. Yeah. Oh, I, that's, like, my survival skill. When somebody tells me, like, hey, Jenna, I fucked up. I'm sorry I did X, Y, Z. I'm realizing upon reflection the reason I do X, Y, Z is ABC. I'm able to say, like, okay, it's not just because you're a fucking asshole. It's because, like, you have shit and, like, you're willing to acknowledge that, which tells me you're probably willing to work on it. Mm -hmm. Sick. 
what I will not like handle is like, hey, Jenna, I'm sorry I did X, Y, Z. But I'm trying. Yeah. Give me some, but I did the best. Like, no, you didn't. Like, or like you did the best you could at the time with what you had. Sure. I don't fucking care. Like, it's not relevant. Like, it feels like there's a difference between like, oh, I realize like upon reflection that the reason I act like that is because of this and it's not okay and I want to work on it. But at least like I can acknowledge like, oh, it's rooted in something. That's still an apology versus this excuse of like, well, I'm sorry, but I was hurting. So mm-hmm. give me a little bit of grace. Like, yeah, that's not an apology. That's or, asking, like making me feel bad to like forgive or like something like. Yeah, it's it's turning. It's making you the guy who needs sympathy at the end. Uh-huh. Of it. You being the narcissist, yeah. not you, Jenna. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's and and there's uh, something that I experience a lot too is um, the kind of a combination of those two where it's i'm sorry that i hurt you but this horrible thing happened to me oh my god yeah and sometimes it's you know sorry that i hurt you i think it's a product of this horrible thing happening and Mm -hmm. the first time you hear that you think damn dude like genuinely that sucks and that's awful Mm -hmm. and i think it's cool that you have the emotional intelligence to recognize that and i hear it and that makes sense and while i i know that that's not the kind of thing you can fix with the snap of your fingers i admit it's admitting that that there's a thing is the first step to fixing the thing Mm -hmm. um so that's great but then the next 70 times that they engage in that exact same behavior and they go back to that same well this shitty thing happened to me it's like okay so you're not recognizing a um, pattern of behavior and where it's rooted and, like, using that as a way to start addressing the pattern of behavior. You're um, making excuses for your behavior, and that's it. Uh-huh. And I think that is maybe one of the most, again, like, powerful indicators of narcissism to me is, like, in relationships, okay, it is more important to you to preserve your sense of rightness, of I'm the bestness of whatever, of like top dog, Mm -hmm. than to actually show your partner love and respect and mutual, like, anything, right? Like, it is more important to you to preserve your sense of self. Stinker is a little gremlin right now. I want to touch your chips. He wants chips. He wants pizza. Like, he... (laughs) What's his little hand in there? Oh. <laughs> Dude, he's a chip goblin. Stinker, oh. you need to get out of there. Don't make that cute little baby face at me. I say, I just have one chip, bro. You look like a Muppet. Nene. No, no, no. I won't be fooled, Stinker. No, he's salty. Stinky. You come here? <laughs> Don't wink at me. <laughs> um... And that, yeah, again, like, I think that feels like a huge thing, like a huge, thank you for getting stinker. Oh, yeah. A huge um, common thread is like, okay, so you would rather look like the guy, the good guy, look like the winner, look like the right person at the expense of your partner potentially being hurt, like dismissed, Mm -hmm. belittled. Um, feeling unloved, feelings, uh, all these feelings, and also at the risk of your partner leaving you. Like, you, which is, like, fine, people can leave, but it's, like, you 
your most important priority in these relationships is always yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me also think about, like, I'm not super stinker. I love you, but you are so much right now. Hi, baby. <laughs> Just want to talk to you. Stinker. <laughs> he's purring so loud. Dude, what if, like, the mic's just picking Stinker up because he's always next to it because it's where the food is. Yeah. Hi, baby. That'd be a good podcast. sit though. on my back instead of this. <laughs> Maybe if you give me more peach soup, I would listen to what you say. Come here, Stinky. There's a little bit of gazpacho on my finger. Yeah, come here. Come on, let's keep walking. <laughs> um, I'm creating my own reality right now. It makes me think of like my other, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is like where I, again I'm not super well versed in like treating narcissistic behavior or working with narcissistic behavior because honestly I think it would be like too triggering for me, and I just like don't think it's my t- cup of tea, but. I am interested in, like, where does it come from? Like, what is the root of, like, what are narcissists learning to, like, what are they, how, what are they surviving? Like, what is the, does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. And this is a thing that I think about a lot in the context of, like, the narcissists that are still in my life and have been in my life previously. Because it, it goes back to that idea of, like, wanting to understand why people are the way that they are Mm -hmm. and like that's obviously a big part of why therapy and therapeutic things uh is like something that we talk about so often i think is because we like it's just it's so interesting to like really try and break down the roots of something yes it's like you're solving a crime um but in like a cool forensics way not like a cop way (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um but i some I have a lot of I have a lot of different thoughts. I because I mean you know, uh, like you just said, like I mean in in like a clinical way, in like the way that you are a professional. Narcissism is not something that you deal with professionally. As a non-professional, I also uh, don't don't deal with narcissism very. So this is just like crapshoots um, mm-hmm. from the back of the court. But yeah, um, something that I've seen a lot is. Uh, narcissists that come from the kind of household where they had to fight to feel like they had any sort of position or like were seen by their parents whether that's because their parents were really busy their parents had really strict standards or they had so many siblings that like they just inevitably got lost in the shuffle or and I think there's something to be said too about how like a lot of you know certain generations will kind of generally have different values and I know that my grandparents so my parents parents um a lot of them were really like what's the word I'm thinking of um like you know fuck a participation trophy mm-hmm. if you don't win you better fucking You're lost. die yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and coming from an environment like that where there is no acknowledgement for anything other than like the best or as soon as you make any sort of mistake you get like reprimanded as opposed to like talked to and helped you're constantly just being made to like solve your own shit and um you know go above and beyond to be 
to like have any sort of um, foothold in, mm-hmm. in, in your environment. Mm-hmm. I think that is, is the sort of thing that can really easily lead to narcissistic behavior because you get to be an adult and, and you know, those particular insecurities are still floating around a lot. And a lot of times it can breed like all sorts of insecurities just by nature of, um, you know, not getting any sort of acknowledgement in any category. Maybe you don't feel great about your looks. Maybe you don't think you're that funny. You're worried that you're not nice enough. You're worried that you're too soft. And so rather than really like sit with yourself and look inward and Mm -hmm. think about how you really feel about those qualities as opposed to what you've been told to think about them. You just put on a front that you are great at all of those things. Yeah. You don't have any problems with any of those things because only a loser little baby would. Mm-hmm. And you're a cool guy. And cool guys do not have problems with anything. Cool guys, cool guys are actually, they never make mistakes either. <laughs> and if, something bad happens in a cool guy's life, it's never the cool guy's fault. Yes. Because the cool guy was just doing a great job because he's exactly what he grew up, what he was supposed to be, and that is a very cool guy. Yes. I think that, like, yeah, that's kind of my thought is, like, the way that I approach, like, life and therapy in general is, like, and, like, just all things is, like, okay, understanding that all people and all of these symptoms of all things and all of these behaviors are just really truly like ways to survive and ways to repartner ourselves, reparent ourselves and like ways to heal like maladaptive ways, right? But like ways to heal that part of us. And like that's kind of what comes up for me is like when thinking about like okay, how do these behaviors come to be and it sounds like exactly that of like oh, I had an inattentive parent. I was told that like by my parent or by my who my authority figure by whoever mm-hmm. that like if I'm not right not only am I like wrong but I'm horribly wrong and it speaks to my character I'm a mm-hmm. failure and if I'm not like this version that they want me to be which is like its own version of narcissism right like mm-hmm. it's just like we're kind of like in this like generational like passing down different types of narcissism mm-hmm. but um I think about, like, yeah, those wounds of, like, having, like, overachieving parents or, like, the bootstraps mentality of, like, oh, shit, I can't ever struggle with anything because I won't be good enough mm-hmm. in, like, my nurturing figure's eyes. And so, it like, I'm going to create this false sense of bigness right like Mm -hmm. it is more important to me to preserve my identity as the right person as the good person as the guy than it is to preserve my relationships because like i've all i am all i've had in terms of like lifting myself up and like i have to do that because like who else is going to do it once? And I think it's cyclical, right? Where it's like, well, once they find out the real me, that like this like deep insecurity that I actually really hate myself, they're going to hate me too. Mm-hmm. And I can't let them get anywhere near that. Yeah. So, so anytime we come even close to that, I got to, I got to switch that. I got to turn that shit right around. Exactly. I got to like double, double back and make them hate themselves more so they don't get near the fact that I hate myself. Yeah. Um, Which is honestly like at its core, a really sad thing. Yes. And like, for all of the, you know, 
the the shit talking we've been doing on the couple particular like exes in our life and people in our life um even well i guess i don't know uh uh i don't know i think the particular exes we've been talking about don't really fall into this category but a lot of the narcissistic narcissistic men that i've met that i do think use like exhibit that narcissism in a way that can be like that is harmful to others I still hold a lot of empathy for because like just like most other shitty tendencies it's so easy to see where it stems from Mm -hmm. and where it stems from is like painful painful yeah Yeah. it's something that you would not wish upon anyone and even if this person's a little shithead you can see that like well you know they're acting like a shithead yeah because like they they were like basically trained become the person that they are like they had no Uh they had a couple other options everyone always has you know a million different paths they can go down but it's not their fault that this is the one they chose when they were like a 12 exactly like and that's like we do the best with what we have right and i think Mm -hmm. like it is sad and like even thinking about like i think i agree the specific exes that we talk about i don't want to be like well i feel for him because i don't because they did horrible things but part one is i think that they were both narcissistic and abusive. Yes. They're and, not just narcissistic. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that's part one of that, where, like, they, those can be both separate and overlapping in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And part two is, like, I'm not sad, like, for my, like, what, Whitaker? Whippersnapper? Whippersnapper. Um, I'm not sad for him in terms of, like, oh, I hope he... I want to I wanna help him out. I'm going to call him up. Like, that's... I don't empathize i don't mm-hmm. i i mean i guess i do but i don't but i am just as a human to human like he's never gonna be in a relationship that's lasting he's never gonna be able to have like true intimacy mm-hmm. he's never going to experience like true like what love means yeah in any capacity relationship friendship even like familial and that just like am i sad for whippersnapper no fuck whippersnapper but like am i sad for the human part of him Mm -hmm. absolutely like it's sad when a human is never going to experience that because they just like again it's more important to preserve a sense of grandiosity than it is to preserve relationships um yeah and and you're right like conceptually like as much as these particular people suck which is to say that they're like it's it's just an under it's a undefinable level of suck um but like in a in a vacuum on an island in general from like seven thousand feet away um looking at them it's it's just sad to know that like a human being will go their whole life just being shit yeah and experiencing not the best that life has to offer. Yeah, not like a full life. Like, that's just a, a bummer in a, like, overall. Yeah. Because I think, like, podcast topic number whatever we're at now, mm-hmm. vulnerability is, like, such a huge part of, like, a full, wholesome, like, true life. Mm-hmm. And when you're, like, stuck in the throes of, like, narcissism and narcissistic tendencies and, like, oh, I'm better than all this, and this, like, false sense of, like, whatever it is yeah. um that piece of life is not possible to reach and that is so sad like yeah so painful um 
we can talk about this forever. Um, I do want to ask you a couple things that I was thinking about. Um, if you if you have short answers for any of them, <laughs> uh, I can. I love I love a challenge. We, I know I know. Um, I think okay. So part one is well. Okay, I think it's also like worth mentioning that like even though we can see how it's sad that like they have experienced like these horrible life circumstances yada 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 and like they're never going to experience true vulnerability or love yada 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 i think it's also if we haven't made it totally clear it's worth talking about how like the impact that narcissistic behavior has on relationships is so fucking painful Mm -hmm. like as a victim of narcissistic like abuse oh my god like it like i'm it's been years since I was in that, like, especially mm-hmm. abusive relationship. And I still am working through, like, the opinions of myself that I formed during oh that relationship. Oh my god, yes. Like, yeah, and absolutely. It's, like, I am fully aware. I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. I know that he sucks. I know that what he said sucked. I know true. that the narrative he built around me sucked yep. and was fake. And yet... It was so skillfully woven that it's yep. just like it's it's gonna be threaded through my DNA maybe forever, um, and that really is is just a is just a, a real a real stinky t- uh, t- turn of events. I don't know. I, I really I, I had I had such high hopes for the word I was gonna find at the end of that sentence, and we did not get there. Um, but like I said earlier. If you nitpick the words we use, you are a narcissist, so you don't get to say anything about it, unfortunately. Sorry for you, that's so sad. Um, my father is texting me. Um, no, I think that, like, yeah, I think my most resonant experience with narcissistic abuse was such a long time ago and even like a pretty short period of time Mm -hmm. and like on paper the things he did that weren't necessarily the things we're talking about were bigger right those were the things that were like more prosecutable yeah but for me No, the cognitions I continue to work on years and years later are absolutely, like, the product of the narcissism. Like, and I know, like, in my head, yeah, exactly the same thing. Like, I can say all day, like, oh, that wasn't real. He said this about me. It's not true. It's just not. Like, it's just not. But, like, the felt sense, like, the symptoms of that, like, it's been the hardest thing to work through. And it's the hardest thing to, like, every day have to tell my body, like, no, actually. Yeah. That was not the case. Like, actually, like these perceptions about you, these, the story about you was a him thing. Yeah. And I think like, then it impacts like future relationships and it, that for like me being like a product of having narcissistic relationships romantically and like within my family, I think I talked a little bit earlier about like this concept of repartnering ourselves. Like we talk about reparenting all day, but I've recently started saying repartner because I think that like, with my big narcissist and like the narcissist in my family, I tend to then 
choose partners or find partners that are not narcissists and not like abusive in the same way, but like have the same, like maybe like aloofness, Mm -hmm. um, like with my like familial, uh, narcissism experiences, it's been primarily like, Oh, in and outness, like, Oh, you're here. Then you're not here. You, the breadcrumbs is the biggest indicator. Mm -hmm. And I tend to find partners in like, since then, the, I know I can see like, oh shit, you're giving me breadcrumbs and maybe it's not narcissistic breadcrumbs, but like you give me a breadcrumb or like I I find guys with commitment issues Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that I'm telling myself like a version of myself, a child version, an abused version of myself, like, okay, if I can make this one love me, it's like I, I, then I know it wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. Like then I know that when I was so pain, that's the proof I need. And it's not true, right? Like I'll make this one love me and then I'll be like hurt again. And I'll have to find another version of that to, okay, if I can make him give me the trip to his hometown, Mm -hmm. then I can prove to myself and that version of me that, Oh, it wasn't me that was unlovable. It was a him thing. He's the dysfunctional one. But when you choose partners like that, I mean, there's a reason that like I can fix him. Is like a is like a bit uh-huh. almost at this uh-huh. point, and it's because like it's not because the idea of wanting to fix someone is so funny, haha. It's because most people that air quote need air quote fixing uh-huh. um, are just like just need to deal with their own shit. You know, you shouldn't have to be like saving them. Uh-huh. You shouldn't. You should never be in a position where like you're carrying your partner. I mean, like that's situational and like there's there's times where like carrying your partner in a general sense is good but if you have to like pretty constantly like like, you know yeah rewrite their entire dna and it doesn't even work but you like everything they do is like harmful to you and themselves and people are it's not worth it um but it and it's it's surreal too because like even just hearing you break down that process like it really is just another reminder that like when you experience that type of behavior at like a young age and within your family unit which is like the first type of relationship of any kind that you experience and like it's it's where you start building those foundations for all of your relationships whether they're familial or platonic or romantic like as your life continues um it sets such a bad precedent mm-hmm. because then you're so much more likely to early on find yourself the victim of narcissistic abuse because you recognize that behavior mm-hmm. and you see uh you know both the familiarity of it is comforting and it's like i know that this is bad but like i'm still struggling with feeling like i could have done more to help my um family member move past this and be better than this and and maybe in this scenario i will do that yes and like you said it'll just prove that it wasn't me it wasn't and, me and i no, nothing i could have done could have fixed that situation mm-hmm. because i fixed this one so exactly yeah and like that is again like so insidious because it's so hard to get out of mm-hmm. and so hard to say like no i need to just because i also i've talked to my therapist at length about this like if i was in like being in secure relationships for somebody who is the victim of narcissistic abuse mm-hmm. is the most uncomfortable shit ever. Yeah. Like where it's like, that's not like you said, it's, it's familiar. Like, and like, if you're with somebody who's quote unquote fixed or like working on themselves or like, it's like, so like 
no, I don't want to know. Yeah, like, as soon as that high energy is gone, you feel like, well, that's like that's what love means and that's what passion means. So if I'm not constantly like fighting for my life and not literally, I mean but, sometimes literally, yeah, but sometimes literally. yeah, uh, if I'm not like always on edge and wondering what's going to come next and like worried about their next move, I probably should leave. <laughs> I probably should mm-hmm. get out of here because that's not. I don't really. I can't. Um, yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Here's a... Give me a short answer to this one. Okay. Do you think... I, th- I think that... I know the short answer, actually. So if... So I'm just going to answer it. If there is healing and a possibility of hope for both people who struggle with narcissistic tendencies and also people who have been victims of narcissistic behavior, tendency, abuse, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's hope for both of them to like heal and change behaviors and change patterns and change thought processes, whatever. What do you think are like, how, what do you think are like at least like first steps? Yeah. I mean, obviously accountability is, like a classic one, but it is one of the trickier ones for mm-hmm. someone who is ex- like dealing with, uh, like engaging in that kind of behavior. Yeah. Um, so I think like, I mean, as much as one can be like mindful of their behavior and like taking accountability for what they can, even when they're like struggling to see what, like why what they're doing is wrong, um, is really good. And like, when the if the like if the people you love are telling you hey this pattern of behavior is harming me and and whether they say you know it's it's narcissistic or whether that's just a conclusion you draw whatever but when the people you love and you trust are are telling you like genuinely and honestly hey this is harming me rather than like if you're especially if your first impulse is to go well that's not what i'm doing that's actually not what i'm doing Take a step back. Take a step back. Um, and even if that's not your first instinct, like, and you, but you just still, like, feel nervous about it or you're not sure, like, just trust that the people in your life that you love aren't telling you that to, like, psych you out yeah. or trick you. They probably yeah. just are experiencing that. And maybe they're experiencing that because you're exhibiting a pattern of behavior that you're not even really aware of. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, no, I agree. I think that, like, that accountability piece is tricky. And I think that it is a matter of, like, okay, if people that you love, are saying like, hey, there's like a there's a thing happening here. If your fir- yeah, if your first response is like fight or flight, it's probably a good. It's probably a good time to like step back and look at why you're in fight or flight. Like mm-hmm. it's probably a good indicator of like, oh, I'm surviving right now. Like, which is again, when we're in survival mode, we don't always make the best decisions. We don't always act, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do like, you know, like when you're activated like that. That's it's one thing, but like in sound of sound mind, you can think about like okay, well, like this is my plan. And I also think that like as weird as it is to say, like, and I want to be careful in saying it. I think when I have professionally and personally come close to people who have narcissistic tendencies, it's been a very cautious message of. Don't expect other people to empathize with you. Don't expect other people to give you grace. Mm-hmm. Don't expect others to give you, like, the love that you need. But do it for yourself. Like, find a way to, find like, find positive self-talk that's genuine. Find a way to be honest with yourself. Like, 
in the darkest spaces of your life, like have, find a way to give yourself not grace for being having narcissistic tendencies, but mm-hmm. grace for like that small version of yourself that doesn't always win. Grace for the version of yourself that you and I both know does make mistakes mm-hmm. and is a shitty person sometimes, and is like all just are insecure and like not in touch with who they are and like mm-hmm. what that means to them. Yeah. And that's like again, like I'm not. I want to, I always try to like make it so clear when I have these conversations, like do not, I'm not saying love the part of yourself that is being shitty to others. Love the part of yourself that's manipulative. That's not the part that I need you to talk to and say, love you. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Cause it's not. Keep manipulating queen. No. Girl bots. The part that you need to like speak to and give grace to is the part that's terrified of vulnerability. The part that thinks that they're a failure, like the and we all know that that part's there. Um, come on. Give me. Come on. Um, what about, what do you think? And I think this is easier for me to answer because I've done this work for myself. What do you think is the first step of healing for survivors slash victims slash whatever language we want to use oh. of narcissistic bleh, yeah. things? Um, I mean, just like speaking for... Like, from my own experience, which was, if if I remember correctly, largely unaided Mm -hmm. by a physician. So it was a lot of thinking on my feet and and, and just doing doing what I could. Which is to say that it wasn't always the most expedited process. But, like, we eventually got into a good groove, we being myself. Um, But I think that... Oh, jeez. Like... One of the the first things I tried to do, like, really consistently was just any time I found myself having a thought that wasn't my own, like, it was a thought that was placed there by my previous partner, um, rather than, like, you know, just immediately shutting it down or, or um, you know, trying to skip past it because it's uncomfortable... Um, like taking a moment and and pulling that out and putting it in the front of my mind mm-hmm. and looking at it and and actively thinking like this is not correct mm-hmm. and then like telling myself you know whether it was out loud or just in my head like for the rest of the day rest of the week sometimes like every couple of months for several months whenever that thought would come up again i would try like before i could even form the whole sentence in my head counter it with like that opposite opposite. thought that like I built and I you know is not airdropped from any other bullshit Uh head it's just like you know your brain starts to tell you you actually kind of a little stinker before you even get to kind of you look yourself in your mind's eye and you say you're the shit you're awesome like I can't and it, it felt so silly for a long time and I still tell people to do this all the time especially when I hear them say negative things about themselves in just like a general sense I think it's a good habit to get into but I would be you know like in my room hanging out with myself and you know puttering around cleaning hang whatever it was mm-hmm. and I would find myself saying like oh you dumb little silly and then I'd stop and I'd find the closest mirror and I'd look at it and I'd point at myself and be like you're actually not dumb and what you said was normal and fine and you look cool today mm-hmm. and you're doing a great job and uh that all being said you know um just kind of like a a lot of like different little pieces but like just 
as soon as you can, doing as much as you can to, like, rewrite sure. all of the, the nonsense that got implanted in your head, which, mm-hmm. as we were just saying, is, like, a never-ending, like, lifelong process. It's not like this is a miracle cure that'll have it all gone by the mm-hmm. end of the year. But it is, like, a really good starting point because I, I know that for me, like, it was almost, like, constant. Like, yeah. throughout the day, like, how many times I would find myself thinking these, like, horribly negative thoughts about myself that I did not create. Right. But we're still just living in my head. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, no, like, that's so helpful. Like, I remember when my very first therapist told me, like, Jenna, put the stick in the wheel. Like, you have to, like, physically think about, like, a wheel turning in your head and putting a stick in it. And replacing, like, whatever negative thought you have about yourself, like, and putting in, like, a new one. It does feel silly, especially, like, I don't know, like, I think that there's, like, validity to, like, being extravagant about it and be like, no, like, I am amazing. Mm -hmm. And, like, oh, you're not dumb. You're actually smart. Or, like, no, you're not a shitty person. That's, like, that's a fabricated, that's an airdropped thought Mm -hmm. from so-and-so. And, like, I think that's, like, a really, really positive, like, step to be able to externalize, like, that cognition and put it in front of your face and, like, really, I think, like, the way that I, like, talked through it with my therapist was, like, able, like, taking these thoughts and being, like, okay, I have a minute, putting them in front of you and really, like, deciphering, like, it, how, what evidence do I have that this is true? Okay, what evidence do I have that it's not true? And, like, some of it was, like, you know what, I have evidence for both, but that means that it's not true because, like, Whatever, I like the thought, like, I'm dumb. Okay, what evidence do I have that that's true? Well, sometimes I make, like, little silly mistakes and I don't know how the teapot works. Whatever. That's, like, a recent thing. I didn't know how my teapot worked. Um, (laughs) And also, like, that is, like, also, I think... And then, like, okay, what evidence do do I have that that I'm not dumb? Okay, well, this, that, and the other thing. And it's this thing of, like, can we live in, like, the truth of, like... I'm a not dumb person who makes silly mistakes sometimes. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, my own true version of me. Mm-hmm. Not a thought. And I also think that, like, the other really super healing thing that my therapist did that, again, seems so simple. But I realized, like, throughout, like, just now I did it. Where, like, and she's taught me how to do this exact thing of, like, realizing that I didn't know how my teapot worked two years ago would have been catastrophic would have been I am dumb I don't know how to like exist I can't function without another person people need to walk me through like it would have been like this self-talk of like oh my god like this like horrible like I'm stupid and now like really truly I believe like that's silly I didn't understand the teapot yeah period little guy like and she has done a really good job of helping me point that out in my own life of like, oh yeah, I have, I have evolved. I have made progress, Mm -hmm. which means it is possible to make more. So. Fuck yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, I was going to say that's part three, but I don't think that that is, that's so much. Um, I feel like inevitably there'll be like another topic that we speak on and this will come up and then we'll yeah, have more for sure insights to bring and then it'll be like a spiritual part three uh-huh. like the 
underground corn maze past Ooh. the end of the, the first above ground corn maze. I don't know what haunted houses you're going to. <laughs> this is the ones I make. Okay. I make um, one every year. Maybe that's our next venture. <laughs> My workaholism and your corn maze expertise. This is this is the truly the um, what we were always building towards. Oh yeah. We didn't know it yet, but we know now. We know now. Um, and I also think that you want part three? Go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Talk to a licensed professional <laughs> in a professional setting. Yes. Don't just listen to a licensed professional and her friend on a couch. <laughs> I'm not a licensed professional in this capacity either. I feel like this is just me being a human being. Like, I have that, like, little little bit of me that's kind of, like, whispering, but, like... Yeah. I definitely don't want to claim just, that this just, is... Yeah, like, we're, we're just... There's two guys chatting on the couch. Two guys chatting on the couch. Yeah. That's true. One guy who knows a lot of technical terminology. <laughs> and one guy who knows how to make analogies <laughs> that include corn mazes. Love it. Yeah. Um, that's all that's needed for, like, I mean, most things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, if I was on a deserted island, <laughs> I would... I would definitely want someone who knows a lot of clinical psycholo- psychological terms. Sure. And someone who's just, who's got a lot who's of ideas corn mazes. about corn mazes. Yeah. Above ground, underground. Yeah. Um, ethereal, corporeal, black and white, color. Wow, you do have a lot of ideas about corn mazes. Scarecrows. No scarecrows. Let's talk about scarecrows one of these times. I've been okay. talking about scarecrows for probably two Halloween years episode. straight. Okay. Scarecrows. <laughs> um, I have a lot of thoughts about scarecrows. Uh, Can we just have a bunch of bat sound effects in that one? <laughs> like, every Ask time Alex. we say anything... Alex, every time we say anything in the Halloween episode, can you follow it up with um, that one, like, uh, <laughs> public works like public access bat sound that's in everything that's like the the bat screeching and then flapping away that's like Uh in the beginning of every vampire movie like you zoom into a castle and you hear the bat sound sure i just think it'd be really funny for that stock image version of (laughs) of a bat of a bat sound yeah yeah Yeah. um public domain public domain there you go there you go um yeah alex speaking of unlicensed bat sound (laughs) that's the real one i wanted (laughs) I'm sure there are bat sounds that are public domain, but I don't think that that's what I'm looking for. Um, shout out to Alex um, in the booth. Shout out to Alex in the booth. Alex, no one's ever been in a booth like you before. That's so cute. I'm When I, Alex and I were friends in high school, mm-hmm. I was stage manager, and he was in the booth. Oh. How cute. Shout out to Alex in the booth. Shout out to Alex in the booth. We love you. Um, shout out to... Shout out to all the cats. Um, Shout out to the cats. Especially Stinker. Oh my god, Stinker. We're trying to eat chips the entire part two. The entire part two. And thinking about it for all of part one. (laughs) Um, And yeah, thank you, Riv, so much for hanging out with me and talking to me. And just like know that like I love you and I appreciate so much of your insight and you being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I love you and I can't wait to make... 7,000 more podcast episodes. Even if we just, like, record 7,000 more and they never get edited and they live forever in the file on your computer, 
That'd be just as good. I like it. Because it's basically like, we do this all the time anyways, there's just not a microphone. Yeah, this feels a little bit more... Yeah. Like, we do this all the time, there's not a microphone, and also, I think the microphone makes it feel like, we're talking about this. Yeah. And there's so much more that comes out of that. Yeah. Yeah. The stakes are higher, but in a way that, like, inspires. Yeah, not rather like... Rather than, um... It's like, not punitive in any way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like pushing me in a way that's Jenna, if you don't have an insightful stressful. thought, <laughs> the podcast is going to be bad. <laughs> um, I love you uh, to our, the the audience. Yeah. The, all our, the friends all our fans, and family. The our dogs. Fans. All our shooters out there. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. If we were a radio station, what would the numbers be? Mm. Let me workshop that one. Yeah. Next time next time we come around, we'll have the radio station numbers. And I'd like to thank you preemptively for tuning into those numbers where we'll be broadcasting 24-7, 365. Yeah. Narcissists stay on my mind. Narcissists. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to... Bye. Yeah. I'm never going to...